Folks, before we get to the show, I wanted to let you know about the Handlebar. They offer 28 taps of craft beer, German-inspired pub fare, and an outdoor patio that is currently being remodeled. They're on 20th Street in Chico at 2070 East 20th Street. They're right next to Winco, right next to Best Buy. They open every single day at noon, and they have a happy hour seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m., where you get a dollar off of every one of those 28 crafty, drafty beers. So check them out, the Handlebar a specialty beer bar for the adventurer. Check them out on Facebook or call 894-BEER for more information. The Handlebar Cheetah. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hello, and welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema. This is a podcast about craft beer and film, and my name is Max Minardi. I'm Johnny Summers. Welcome to the program. This week on the show, our review of Tick, Tick, Boom, a new film from Lin-Manuel Miranda and his directorial debut, actually. It's based on the biographical Broadway show from Jonathan Larson by the same name and stars Andrew Garfield as Jonathan Larson himself and tells the story of his life before Broadway, before Rent, and importantly, before his 30th birthday. We've got beers this week from Drecker Brewing out of Fargo, North Dakota. The first is a Kettle Sour, and the second is a New England IPA. Huge question mark there. We'll see. Sure. Uh, If you're listening on KZFR 90.1 FM, happy Thursday, but you unfortunately won't be hearing all of that gold. You're just going to hear some of this. You're going to hear our first beer review, the spoiler-free portion of our discussion of Tick, Tick, Boom, and that is all. Yeah, but if you want to hear the rest of it, which includes spoilers, a review of our second beer from Drecker, and the fan favorite Danger Zone, uh, plus more than 200 other episodes of this here podcast, head to any of the following places. Yeah, we're on Spotify, we're on SoundCloud, we are on Apple Podcasts, uh, which is a place that you can leave us a rating and a review if you'd like. On all those platforms, we drop new episodes every Friday morning at 10 a.m., so if you do like the show, feel free to leave us one of those ratings or reviews. It helps other folks find the show. That's it. Follow us on Instagram for pictures, Letterboxd for film reviews, and Untapped for beer reviews. All locations you can find us at Fresh Hop Cinema. Just search our name or head over to our website, freshhopcinema.com. Yeah, you're also more than welcome to send us an email. If you want to, you can send that to FHCCast, like podcast, FHCCast at gmail.com. We sure love emails. That's right. And it's cheaper than sending U.S. mail these days. So just do that. The old electronic mail. And... If you want just more of us, you're thinking to yourself, God, I love these guys, but just one episode a week's not enough. <laughs> you should check out Patreon. Don't laugh. People might think that. No, I agree. Uh, <laughs> uh, Patreon.com is a way that you can get more of us in your lives. We do events. We do runs of promo material like merchandise, pint glasses, shirts, all kinds of fun stuff that our patrons have the very first access to, as well as weekly bonus episodes where we have a few different series going right now. There's always bonus beer reviews flying around. We do the you know science of filmmaking where we learn about stuff together and you get to listen. Uh, we've done top five lists for different actors or different themes that we think are you know, pretty darn fun. So if you're into that and you want more of that, maybe you want to come to a bar hang or watch a movie with us online. We can have a digital hangout. Check out patreon.com slash fresh hop cinema for as little as $1 a week. You can help keep this show awesome. Okay. With our self-promotion out of the way, let's get into beers. I'm, I'm looking at the one in front of me and it's, um, I was guessing it was going to be one of the more interesting beers I've had in a while. And I opened it 
And we'll talk about what is sitting sort of right above the mouth of the can in a minute. But first, I wanted to tell you a little bit about Drecker because they've never been on the show, unless I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. No, I Googled it. I couldn't find any of their stuff on our records. <laughs> Love. Like At one point, we started this running list of beers we've done, but now we just sort of Google our own episodes. Like, Have we done it? Mm-hmm. Um, I promise I'll get back to that compendium at some point. But for now, from the Drecker Brewing Co. website, beers are craft, but Drecker is more about, or is about more than the contents of a glass. It's about what happens when a few of those glasses get raised together. It's about doing what you want to do in a cool place with people you want to be with. Drecker is about you, after all. We love that you care enough to join us, and we can't wait to see where this voyage goes when a couple more beers get raised together. Valhalla can wait. We'll talk about Viking themes in a bit here. Um, They say we started as many breweries do, just a couple of friends brewing in a garage who loved great beer, had a crazy dream, and worked their asses off to make it come true. We won't bore you with some long, meandering story about how we all met or how the stars aligned for the brewery to come together. If you want to know the whole story, we'll bore you with it in the tap room. Just wait for the Lifetime movie to come out. Really, we're just four regular guys who are serious about beer and not much else. Oh, that's nice. So I'm, I'm going to say off the bat, you picked out beers this week, and I was surprised that this one uh, came, I'm going to say came across my desk, uh, which means you drove <laughs> it by and handed it to me outside. Um, and the first beer is, is, is called Chonk Pineapple Whip, and I was hoping maybe you could tell me some more about it. Yeah, so this is a 7.1% smoothie sour, uh, and it is from, I believe, their website here. Our lovable hefty boy found himself in a land or a world full of delicious pineapple ice creamy desserts. This new pineapple whip chonk is loaded up with pineapple, marshmallows, lactose, and vanilla ice cream. Yeah, and if you're familiar with this show, I stay away from lactose beers as much as possible, but exceptions are made in in times of extenuating circumstance and great opportunity. And these beers were brand new to Chico. I had never seen them anywhere else before. Their label art was amazing. The other one that we're doing later doesn't have lactose, and the label was just too cool not yeah. to get. Yeah. I mean, it was a perfect storm of, you know, if there's ever a time to take lactose pills to try a beer, it's this moment right now, especially because it's called Chonk. There's a cat yeah. on the can. <laughs> I love it so much. So... Obviously, we're doing Chonk Pineapple Whip. Man, so I've poured mine in the glass, and I don't know if we need to rehash the debate. Not that you and I ever really have this debate, but I know it's a debate that's had amongst beer drinkers. Um, and certainly in the last maybe five-ish years, the the um, styles of beer that, uh, that fall under the umbrella term of beer have, have widened quite a bit. There's a lot of new stuff. And some people will say, well, that's not even beer, right? And that sometimes people say that about New England IPAs. But I would say even more people say that about smoothie sours. And I've had my first <laughs> taste of this one. And I, I I still think beer's beer. Fine, this is beer. But as beery beers go, this is not one. <laughs> this is pretty far from a beer-flavored beer. You've tried it as well? Oh, yeah, dude. This is really wild. It's really – um, before we get into the intricacies, do you, do you like it or no? I think I like it a lot. Okay, I do too. That's got like – it's so – let's get into it. Okay. Uh, yeah. what, what are you tasting on your first impression? Describe well, it, it smells of pineapple upside down cake, which mm-hmm, is a fantastic mm-hmm. place to start. You know, just a delicious yellow cake with pineapple. Yeah, and it's it's dense. It is thick, thick, yeah. thick. Like it's leaving like sediment on the side of my glass. I'm not talking thick, like oh, it's got a hefty mouthfeel. Like no, it's there's it's it actually there's viscous, pulp, or not pulp, but yeah, yeah, right. Probably pineapple pulp, I would say. Uh, yeah, and you know the the marshmallows really come through, and the vanilla ice mm-hmm. cream big time. Mm-hmm. Like it tastes like melted vanilla ice cream yeah. with like mixed with a pineapple upside down cake. 
that somehow will get me drunk. This is 7.1%. I got. I mean, I got. so the description and the ABV I got off of Untapped. I'm going to double check the can just in case it's one of those situations where this is a different batch. Um, I'm not actually seeing it on the can right away. So unless you see it somewhere, I hate when this happens, but uh, we're going to go with 7.1. Yeah, I assume I'm that's looking. right. Though well, I'll keep looking. Does not you tell me like what it. you think so far. It's so sweet, man. It's definitely everything you're saying. The vanilla is there. It's so thick. Like it does live up to its name as a smoothie sour. I was going to say too when I opened it, there was there was um an eruption a very slow eruption of bubbly yellow um froth at the top and I took a picture of it and we'll see if we can remember to post this on our Instagram story uh the day this episode drops at least on on Friday for our podcast listeners because I have never seen such a thing in in all my days. And it was almost <laughs> off-putting, but then I, then the, the aroma from the can hit me, and it was just like so sweet and pineapple And I've only had about two drinks, but everything uh, you said is correct in terms of mouthfeel and flavor, and I also like it. But I'm going to go in for a, another drink here. Yeah, this is like the thickest thing you can imagine. Like um, a Sunday sour is an interesting new term on the, you know, the pastry mm. smoothie sour because of the ice cream. I assume they call it the Sunday sour. Sure. But this is – this might be the thickest – of this style or of any style. This might be the thickest quote unquote beer I've ever had in my life. I think so, I think we should call it beer. We're we're beer reviewers. This is clearly beer. I don't want to be the old curmudgeons that are like beer flavored beer, quote unquote. Like it's definitely beer, but I agree. Yeah. This is by far the thickest beer I've ever had by by quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, kind of, you know, default this style, this smoothie anything is going to be thick because it actually has fruit in it. I mean, if you look on the back of the can, there's actually a warning that says, warning, there is a significant amount of fruit in this beer. Please keep cold at all times to avoid finding out why some call it a fruit bomb. Yeah. Because um, if it gets hot, it'll have secondary fermentation and the alcohol will expand and it will just go kaboom. Yeah. A couple things to note was when I was looking at the can there, I checked the bottom for a canning date. Mine was canned October 14th, which is... um you know, almost two months. But what they also printed on the bottom was the ABV, which is in fact 7.1%, uh, which uh, That's is in insane. fact confusing to my mouth. That's insane. This tastes like well, dessert. I it mean, tastes like, is... yeah, does, I wouldn't have guessed there was, you could have given this to me as a child. Not that you should. If someone, had, this, I don't like this analogy. I could have t- tasted this and like, there's no alcohol in it. Yeah, no. You, this this could be in in any punch bowl or you know at any Hawaiian luau. Yeah, as just fruit punch, and I would be like, "Dang, this is good fruit punch." Yeah, there's melted ice cream in it. Oh snap, that's amazing. Yeah, this but is then you very tell good. me it's seven percent ABV. That is insane. Yeah, call it history um, with a specific beer, but my my go to comparison for something in the low sevens is Torpedo from Sierra Nevada. And which which is the opposite of a light drinking beer. That thing is a just a hefty malt bomb, and not maybe not a malt bomb, but very hefty. And mm-hmm. the fact that this is a very close ABV amount to that is making it all the more insane. Yeah, this is wild. I I, I like all the notes I'm getting. I mean, mm-hmm. the pineapple's present. Everything that it says it has on the label, I can taste. I love the marshmallowy, pillowy. You know, that flavor, because marshmallows are awesome. And then obviously vanilla ice cream. Who doesn't love that? I mean, the only negative I have with this beer is the level of sweetness. Like, if you are not in the mood for something that would, like, if you want a milkshake, but also to get a little buzzed, uh, this is the thing for you. Because, I mean, these are labeled as, you know, dessert beers. There's so many times we hear that label thrown out. And sometimes they fit. 
sometimes they're too sweet. I mean, it's just like dessert. Dessert can be more rich, more robust, or more super sweet yeah. and like just too much. Um, th- this would fall into that like definitely same vibes as a milkshake. The ice cream is really coming through. I've never had a beer with actual ice cream in it. Yeah, I for some reason I thought they were being hyperbolic or exaggerating in some way, but I think no, I think what it means what it says there was this was made with vanilla ice cream. Which seems yeah, like such which, a risky, I mean combined with the fruit, like this is such a a perishable beer. Um the mm-hmm. fact that it made it to us from North Dakota and tastes as good as it does in in 2 months nonetheless is pretty great. Where did you pick this up? Uh, I picked this up at Spike's Bottle Shop. Both of our beers this week come from Spike's. Awesome. I think that's so cool. I mean, we do tend to do stuff that's a little bit more West Coast, uh, you know, made. We tend to, I think most of the time, I'd say like 80% of our beers come from, you know, like Arizona and West. So it's really mm-hmm. nice to get one from from the Midwest that is this fresh and this clearly well taken care of on the journey. Yeah, I'm I'm super impressed. This would be a fantastic beer to bring to like a Christmas party yeah. or like Christmas dinner yeah. with the fam and be like, check this out. You're not gonna believe it. Also listen to my podcast. Right. So brief, brief shout out to our friends over at Dying Breed. I played there, my my I played music sometimes, and I played there and they sent me home with a bunch of different beers. And one was part of their series. I hope I don't butcher this. I think it's their 50-50 series. It was a kiwi strawberry sour. And in the vein of bringing stuff home to family, like my, my, my family doesn't really drink, definitely not beer. And I convinced a couple people in my family, like, just try it. Like, I know what you're thinking beer is. And then I poured it and it was this, it looked about as far away from a, a macro lager as this does. And they were like, oh, well, mm-hmm. maybe I'll try it. And then they smelled it. And there is just this weird avenue, I think, of getting your family to start drinking craft beer with a beer like, like Chonk here. Mm-hmm. I agree. It would, it would convert people that think beer is just too bitter to be enjoyed or, yeah. you know, it, it, it definitely shatters the mold of preconceived notions for what a beer could even be. For sure. Uh, I mean, this is innovation at an extreme that I've never tasted. This whole style that is happening with, you know, smoothie seltzers, smoothie sours, and now Sunday sours is really unique. I think it's a, an interesting avenue. Like you said, it's, mm. It feels gimmicky at times, but then at times it also feels like, no, I kind of want one of those like every yeah. once in a while. You know, it's it's not an everyday drinker. I'm not going to drink three cans of this. You know, it's uh, it's got a time and a place, and I think it's really going to fit well into to lineups as to like what I bring to shares to show off to people or just, you know, maybe having friends over for dinner and busting this out afterwards just to chat about it. It's this is a great conversation starter from the can to the flavor to the drinking experience. It's it's really unique and I think it's worth discussing about, you know. Yeah. That's a terrible way to end I know I got what you're saying. To, to your point about the sweetness, I think I agree. There is because we're drinking this out, it's a 16 ounce can, which is is mm-hmm. quite a bit. Um I probably won't finish mine for a, a number of reasons, but it is just a really, really sweet beer. And I think if you have this for a group of friends to share, go for it. Or if you're really looking for a super sweet experience, uh, for me, that tends to lead to, especially if I have more than like two, um, just the sugar hangover thing is way worse for me. Like a really yeah. sugary cocktail, or and I'm assuming something like this is just loaded with sugar. This got to be a lot. So I, I think that's something to take into consideration. When we get to rating here in just a second, I'm going to factor that in for my personal taste. But... Uh, the through line and, and the point I want to make is that I think this is exactly what it's trying to be. And I'm mm-hmm. not going to hold that part against it. Just, it'll get into personal preference for me when we start rating. Yeah, exactly. Like this is designed to be sweet and guess what it is. Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts on this or do you want to give it a rating? I think it's definitely worth a try. 
and uh, I think that'll become clear with my rating. Yeah, and on that note too, if you don't, uh, if you we have listeners in in many places that aren't Chico, so if you'd like to get your hands on this, I do think, if I'm not mistaken, you can order from Drecker's website directly. I think it's DreckerBrewing.com. I can double check. Um, but with that, I am ready to rate Chunk Pineapple Whip. If you are, sir. Yeah, I am. All right, what do you got out of ten? For me, this is like seven nine, seven point nine. Okay, all right. It's a good thing you won't travel for it because that would take you to to North Dakota. <laughs> yeah, that'd be far. Yeah, it doesn't get into the eights. I think it's super well made. I think it's delicious. Uh, it's definitely one of the better of this style I've ever had. But just uh, you know, it lost a little bit for me because of the sweetness. Because it is just. It'd be hard to drink a whole can. I don't yeah. know if that's a pro or con for you, but it factors into my personal tastes and rating. But uh, I think it's well worth a try. I think you should run out and grab it immediately and open it with a couple friends. Max, what do you think Chunk should be rated at? Okay, so then very briefly, I was kind of wrong. You can you can order direct to get pickup from like a curbside pickup from their brewery. They also have some beers on Tavor and Craft Shack and a smattering of locations throughout sort of the northern Midwest that you can pick them up. Uh, in addition, obviously, to Chico, which seems to be like the only place in between that's here and there, which is cool. That's it's insane. Actually, I don't know. Um, my final thoughts on this. Interesting beer. Love it. Something I haven't tried before. Definitely is at the top of the list for one of the thicker, the thickest beer I've ever had. I'm going to stick with that. And I really yeah. do like the flavors. I think it's exciting and fun. And even though I'm not going to finish my 16-ounce can, I think it's going to get high marks from me, which is to say I'm going to go with, ooh, I'm going to go with a nine. I think it's super fun and exciting. Why not? Innovate. Try new stuff. Nine out of ten for me. Lovely on Chunk. Pineapple Whip. Once again, you are listening to Fresh Hop Cinema. You might be listening on KZFR 90.1 FM. If you get a chance to try Chunk, Pineapple Whip, or or really any beers from Drecker, we want to know what you think. So please don't hesitate to reach out. And if you post a cute pic of this cute can, Mm. uh, post it on your MySpace, Grams, your Insta Twitters, (laughs) whatever. And uh, tag us fresh at Fresh Hop Cinema. You can also email us at fhccast at gmail.com if you want to know what we think about something, or if you want to tell us what you think about something, or if you're enjoying the show. Uh, also, if you're enjoying the show, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Please, please, please. That's all I want for Christmas. Nice. All right. Here comes a trailer for Tick, Tick, Boom. And don't worry, there's no spoilers in our next segment. So if you're worried about that, stick around. You're just fine. Hello. Hi, welcome. I'm Jonathan Larson. I am 29 years old. I work at the Moondance Diner. Okay, one sec. Do we take reservations? No, we do not take, we're, we're a diner. I have an original rock musical. Hey, boy genius. That I have spent the last eight years of my life writing. He's getting out. You're gonna be rich and famous. And rewriting. Did you crack it yet? Oh, I'm getting so close. And rewriting. Can I hear it? Any day now. Eight years! And the time keeps ticking. Tick, tick. You need to ask, are you letting yourself be led by fear or by love? Fear! A hundred percent fear! I don't know what the show is. happens and nothing changes what then jonathan maybe i'm just wasting my time do you know how many jonathan larson's there are one why should we blaze a trail there's not enough time i went to three friends funerals last year 
and nobody is doing enough. I'm not doing enough. Try writing about what you know. What does it take to wake up a generation? It would be a tragedy to give up what you have. Well, if you're just joining us, you are listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, a show about the worlds of craft beer and film, possibly, hopefully, on KZFR 90.1 FM. Subscribe to this here podcast, Fresh Hop Cinema, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts to hear this discussion in its entirety. It'll be available tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. on all podcast platforms. And what you just heard was a trailer for this week's movie, Tick, Tick, Boom which is based on the autobiographical musical by playwright Jonathan Larson. It's the story of an aspiring composer in New York City who's worried he made the wrong career choice whilst navigating the pressures of love and friendship. That's a, that's a description, I think, from, from IMDb, but I could be wrong. Uh, it's a film that was directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda. This is his first film directing uh, debut with a screenplay by Steven Levinson. Uh, it stars Andrew Garfield, like I said earlier, as Jonathan Larson himself. Alexandra Ship shows up as Susan, Jonathan's girlfriend. Uh, Robin DeJesus plays his best friend, Michael, uh, who is also in the musical theater scene, but ten, uh, decides to go a different route into the more huge air quotes, uh, grown-up workforce, and that comes up. And there's lots of people in this that we can talk about. I wanted to give a shout-out to the cinematographer, Alice Brooks, and let everybody know this movie came out on November 10th at the AFI Film Festival, and then was released to theaters in the United States and Netflix on November 12th, and it runs just over two hours at two hours and one minute long. Johnny, we talked quite a bit about uh, what to cover this week. We we had a couple weeks there where we are off the air, so there were a bunch of movies that we were juggling. And to my joy, and I think you're... Um, I don't think you were resistant to seeing it, but you were like, this seems like a smart choice. And I know you're historically not as big on musicals as I am. Um, so I'm going to throw it to you first. What uh, what were you expecting from Tick, Tick, Boom? And, and what'd you think of it? You know, honestly, I wasn't expecting very much. Sure. I had pretty neutral to zero expectations. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so very, the bar was room very to low. Grow. Yeah, room to grow. Sure. I, I mean, and I honestly tried really hard to go into it with an open mind because historically I have been uh, not the largest purveyor of musicals. Uh, and I didn't know anything about about Jonathan Larson mm-hmm. or, you know, Rent or anything like that. I've never seen Rent. You've heard of Rent. Um, I've heard of Everybody's Rent. Heard I know of, rent. of it. I yeah. know that was a big deal. Uh, but it's not something that I've imbibed personally. It's not really my thing. Um, so... Yeah, I was definitely like, this is a movie for Max that I am going to have to watch. Sure. But, dude, I love this movie. Um, very surprised how much that I enjoyed this yeah. movie. Uh, I was really into it. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought uh, Garfield was absolutely riveting. Like, he acted his tail off. I really liked him as Jonathan Larson. The writing was really good, and I love that it was based on something that Jonathan Larson actually did. Sure. So this is a movie based on a musical based on his life. Yes. It's It gets a little convoluted at times. It's hard to, like, once you get that, 
what's going on, it kind of just makes more sense. Uh, but overall, as a movie, I thought it was really entertaining. I liked the songs. I liked the writing. I loved that it wasn't just a musical. It wasn't mm. just singing all the time. There was elements of a traditional movie, as and it was just kind of punctuated by songs, and they helped propel the plot. They weren't the point. The point was these relationships and, yeah. and these people going through life together. And I found that really refreshing and and nice. And it kind of subverted expectations of what a musical is. So I was into it for that. And also, like I said, Andrew Garfield's acting was really amazing. It dealt with a lot of really heavy and interesting topics. You know, you, you kind of dabble in the the idea that to be truly great, you have to kind of have an almost delusional sense of self-value and self-belief. And I've always been fascinated by that type of person that has that just undeniable self-belief that, you know, if you don't end up successful, you're just a crazy person, Mm -hmm. but like you have to be that level of committed to achieve, you know, the higher tiers of greatness. So stories like this, fascinate me by default mainly because i've i've consumed so many stories similar to this but with like sports for example yeah there's a lot of of that the underdog thing the underdog or just the delusional Mm self-belief like i am the best in the world and like you sound insane saying that until you are the best in the world so i i love that type of story and i thought it was a really nice look at a piece of his life and uh, yeah, I thought it was well acted. I had a, f- a little bit of issues with just the overall construction of mm-hmm. the movie. It felt a little start-stop at a few points where I thought the movie was going to end like three or four times. Yeah. It was it was kind of weird, just the bones of it. But overall, a really enjoyable movie with some great songs, some great songwriting. And uh, for me, it was a really interesting first look into the world of Jonathan Larson's art that he's created and it actually made me want to pursue more of it and i'm gonna try and watch rent now so if that's a testament i don't know what is yeah but uh, i liked it max what did you think if you tell me you hated it i'm my litmus for musicals is just gonna be all off now so please tell me you didn't hate this well so i've learned that i'm a person i've like i'm not trying to oversell it i think i've loved every musical i've ever seen and i haven't <laughs> seen a lot which, okay. which to give it a positive spin means there's a lot out there in the world that I am just going to eat up when I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, this one's no different, dude. And, and, and there, there is more of a duality here for me because it's about a thing that I think about and sometimes feel like I'm living, which is like, you know, like I'm pursuing outside of this podcast, which is, of course, my number one uh, passion in life, sir. But second Obviously. to that is maybe music. And I've been toying for the past few months about putting together an album. And it's been a few years since I did. The pandemic didn't necessarily help um, performing artists anywhere. So I spent a little bit more time writing and have a collection of songs that I think are okay. I think they're good enough. And I think that's about the ceiling for any artist or, or any artist in their work is like, it's pretty good. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. That's the difference. I think between sports uh, maybe and, and art is like an artist is often just like, this is it. And, and it's back and forth between like, this is amazing. And this sucks. And mm-hmm. I think that that's the sort of tortured artist thing that I think Andrew Garfield has to pull off for you to buy this character. Um, and I think he does. So, yeah, I mean, I loved it. I think Garfield's amazing in this. He does a lot of emotional heavy lifting throughout this whole movie. Um, and I always have an extra appreciation for actors that can do that in 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 sing-song form, you know? It's one thing just mm-hmm. to do it in a dramatic setting, but when there's a whole soundtrack playing, you have to get those emotions to come out of you. I, I think there's another level there. Um, 
for those that don't know too much about the movie, I kind of want to establish, you were hinting at this, but the, the central conceit basically is the movie opens with him on stage telling the story that we then see unfold. And mm-hmm. it, it's basically the first performance of what becomes Tick, Tick, Boom. And it is this time in his life when he was working on um, a, another musical called Super, Superbia. Uh, and we sort of see all that struggle as it turns into what will become Tick, Tick, Boom. So we, we get these like flashes forward and back and intersplice that with all the sort of dreamy sort of surrealism that comes with a musical with Lin-Manuel Miranda behind it. And it can get pretty confusing. Um, that's it. I think knowing that going in probably helps a little bit, like kind of knowing that you're in for some of that time jumpy stuff is good. Mm-hmm. Um, that established, I really, yeah, I loved it, man. There's some great cinematography. There's a scene where his friend Michael finally moves out of their shared apartment and we get this song that's basically like two sides of a coin and it's like, no more of this bad thing and hello to this new amazing thing. Mm-hmm. And it's got this sort of slow motion aspect to it, but they're singing the lyrics which, which by my nearest estimation means during production, they, they played the song uh, over a loudspeaker at an increased speed, and then they were moving super fast and singing along to the fast song. They slowed it down in post to get that kind of dreamy, floaty feeling. And, mm. and there's this hard cutting between the, the hello to the new stuff and the no more of this old bad stuff. And, and even, even uh, a color palette way and the way that it looks, it's all washed out and boring and drab, and then it's like bright and glowing and golden. And the, the scene ends with... Uh, Andrew Garfield backing into an elevator and then there's this, this match cut where he's then in a subway and it's all gloomy again. And it's this idea of like, if you, if you just sort of compromise on some of these idealistic things, you could maybe be better off in life, but is being better off in life, is, is that somehow disingenuous to, to your art or to you as an artist? And that's a very, that's a very, um, that keeps me up sometimes. I, I and, and granted, like I, as as far as selling out goes, like I, I, you know, I play a bunch of cover gigs. That's fine. Like I'm towing the line between paying the bills and also pursuing, um, you know, real art, quote unquote. But there's a huge soft spot in my heart for a struggling artist that refuses to conform just so they can remain pure for what they're doing. So straight away, I was kind of in. Yeah, I knew pretty quickly in this movie that like you were gonna love this. Yeah, there's a great line where um, before he presents um, uh, his musical for the first time for for a workshop is what they call it. His agent shows up. <laughs> she says something like, "Are you nervous?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm a little nervous." She goes, "Well, it makes sense. You know, having your first presentation is like having a colonoscopy in Times Square, except with the colonoscopy, the worst thing that can happen is you find out you have cancer. Showing mm-hmm. a musical, the worst thing you can find out is that you're already dead." <laughs> and the look on his face, he's like, okay, I'm nervous. And you're like, all right, she's going to say something to make him feel better. And he just looks terrified. Yeah, that was a great line. I love that. There's a lot of that throughout here. I also wanted to shout out, since we're sort of talking about special effects and cinematography, there's a sequence where, uh, well, I don't even want to spoil it. It was a nice surprise. I'll just say it was in a pool. And yes. there's a CGI special effect that happens that I really loved, uh, both visually and as sort of a metaphor for how getting to the the brink of your almost sanity at some points can sort of open a doorway to creativity. But there's a lot of that in here too that that really resonates with me. So I I love this, my friend. Nice. Yeah, I'm glad we're on the same page. And hey, look, we found a musical that I really, really enjoyed. I think I'm going to sway you over to this dark side because I think every time we've covered a musical, you've liked it a little bit more than the last. Like, I don't th- couldn't stand La La Land. Um, didn't love Hamilton, but you tried to watch it even though you didn't have to. You didn't love In the Heights, but I think there was stuff you appreciated. And yeah. now you liked this. 
I did. We'll get there. I think this one had like the best songwriting, if I'm being perfectly honest. I really liked like the the exposition of the songs and the, the songwriting kind of fit more of a more of like a traditional song structure than mm. like the overly narrative songwriting and lyrics of like a musical number. I don't know. It felt different to me and I could be off base, but just as, you know, a music enthusiast, the songwriting felt just more pleasing and it, it felt well suited to the story and it didn't, my main thing with musicals is they always just give me like nervous energy because they mm. just make me feel so silly because they're so performative and like yeah. outside of reality. Whereas this one, I felt like the songs just fit in and it's like someone going through a hard time would write a song about that. And that's what that song would sound like instead of just, you know, singing about washing a car or something. It just felt uh, the songs fit this movie really well. And I guess that would say that the songs fit this musical really well originally, which we should go back and watch. Yeah. I think the other thing too, is that a lot of musicals, the ones that you tend to not gravitate towards are ones that sort of step out of reality a little bit more often. And the songs, mm. in addition to where those songs are sung in this tend to take place in the settings in which normal conversations were happening. And, yeah. and the transitions into those musical moments tend to feel a little bit more naturalistic, at least they did to me, rather than mm -hmm. like, you know, like all the lights fading and a spotlight hitting one character and then somebody tosses them a cane and they're doing like tap dancing. Like that feels very, <laughs> like that's not your thing. But this feels no. a, way less, yeah, performative maybe. Yeah, definitely more organic and more more movie-like too. Totally. It was, this was a good movie that had songs in it. Okay, me. Johnny Summers then, Tick, Tick, Boom, out of 10, what do you got? Ooh, out of 10... It's like an 8.9. It's like my favorite musical ever nice, right now. Dude. The okay. bar is set at one. Uh, yeah, fair. <laughs> so um, yeah, eight, nine for me. Okay. I, um, I never really get into decimals below a nine. So I'm going to go 9.5 because I think that's where I start splitting hairs a little bit more seriously. And we can talk about those discrepancies in a little bit here. But once again, you have been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, possibly on KZFR 90.1 FM. Tick, Tick, Boom is around in some theaters. It's also on Netflix. So if you get the chance to see it, you have thoughts of your own. Maybe you're a new musical convert or maybe you're an old musical lover. Either way, find us on social media to let us know. We're at Fresh Hop Cinema or send an email to fhccast at gmail.com. Or you can head over to our website, freshhopcinema.com for film, review, film reviews, beer reviews, and podcast episodes dating all the way back to 2016. To our KZFR listeners, if you want to hear the rest of today's conversation, which includes spoilers for Tick, Tick, Boom, a second beer, plus the unpredictable Hot and Bothered segment, head over to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema. To those of you already listening to the podcast, we'll be right back to talk spoilers in the Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Hey, and welcome to The Danger Zone. It's the part of the show where we discuss Tick, Tick, Boom with uh, spoilers. Spoilers. Uh, there's that 7-1 from that pineapple beer. Uh, okay. We're assuming you've either seen the movie or you don't care to see it. So if we spoil it, you're not going to write us an angry email. Um, let's talk, dude. Let's talk spoiler stuff. We Well, the thing that I wanted to talk about is that I think it's not necessarily supposed to make you feel this way, but I had a hard time always being on his side. No, yeah, I think that was part of it was to show that like you know, the different angles of him as a human and how his the way he is bounced off everyone because I mean I don't think we were supposed to be on his side the whole time because I sure wasn't. Yeah, but and but then I would like get upset because like no like he's doing he's being true to himself so not like try to defend it but clearly like 
he's not there for his girlfriend. And I get it's a stressful time, but it did seem to like he was could have made a little time, but I get that he couldn't. And then also yeah. we get into the stuff where his friends are getting cancer and dying. The AIDS. Those are t- is AIDS isn't AIDS cancer? No, it's an autoimmune deficiency. Great. If I were a, a lesser man, I would edit that out, but I will not. I stand corrected. Right. Um, fair enough. They have AIDS and mm-hmm. then are dying. And that yeah. scene when we find out that Michael has AIDS also, and Michael, if you haven't seen it or you don't remember, is his gay roommate who had moved out and, and went into the marketing world. Mm-hmm. Brief tangent. I do think there he goes to that focus group meeting with the marketing department, and he's getting yeah. like, he's giving all these ideas, and these other three people are just like, they're doing their best, but they're not good or whatever. And you get this moment where he's feeling like praise, and he goes, this could be the rest of my life. He looks at the camera and says that. And then we find out what they need to be doing. They need to name this medicine that is, or like a fat substitute or something. Um, and it's just <laughs> so soul sucking. And like two minutes later, he looks at the camera and goes, this could be the rest of my life. Yeah. And he says, I have the name for the product. And he says the name Chubstitute, which actually <laughs> is a pretty funny name. It's hilarious. <laughs> so he said, when he walks out, he's like, it's funny. And then Michael's like, okay, but you know, don't say that. And I was like, oh, I kind of, maybe I would have said that. Um, right. Anyways, later we find out that that Michael has AIDS, and and that's a tough scene, obviously, and it breaks into a musical number, but um, certainly one of the more emotional beats in the whole thing. What did what did you think of it? I really felt it. I mean, I I to say I liked it seems a little aggressive somehow. That's um, fair. Yeah. I enjoyed the way that it played out and the way that their relationship progressed through that because it was kind of an eye opening moment for for Jonathan, where he was like, you know, I need to be here now. Like I can't be distracted by my passions and, you know, all the time, like there has to be a little bit of a balance. And, you know, I, it was nice seeing him have that light bulb moment. So I like the way that it helped him as a person progress. And I'm assuming that was true to life because it's an autobiographical type situation. Oh, for sure. Um, so I really did like that. I loved the way that people kind of bounced off of, of Jonathan Larson in this, in this, piece of art. It feels weird calling it a musical movie, autobi, whatever this yeah. movie. Cause we're reviewing yeah, the movie. movie. Sure. Um, I loved the relationships happening around him cause most of the time, none of them are good. Uh, and it's, yeah. it was nice to see, you know, conflict. It wasn't, I'm a writer and I'm writing musicals and life is good. You know, I think it was a really like deep look into what it's like to be someone trying to fully commit themselves to art or their passion or what have you as and then seeing them deal with the inevitable sacrifice that comes hand in hand with that i think it was really well portrayed and um you know i felt it because i think anyone that's on either side of the quote-unquote grown-up world uh, feels that you know especially you know i pursued music for a little bit when i was younger and didn't want to be a touring musician and not have a home like those decisions get made, and at some point, you just decide you're gonna put your passions on hold and be a regular person and have a job or start a family or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really liked the way that the, all that played out in this movie because it's it's thought provoking. It makes makes you think about you know made me think about you a lot, honestly. Thanks, and maybe um, no, yeah, definitely. <laughs> like just the life of an artist. It's not um, it's not all it's cracked up to be. 
Um, but you know, it can be immensely fulfilling doing what you love and still being able to survive and not being in the poorhouse. So I, I really liked the way all the relationships played out in this movie. Yeah, comedian Mike Birbiglia, to, to circle back to what you were saying earlier about delusion, kind of has a little bit about where, he, where he's talking about basically getting going, especially when, when he was starting off in his very early years of doing comedy. He would drive hours and hours and do this show for like 50 bucks, and it's like a four-hour drive, and just completely bomb on stage, like just awful. And then mm. you'd have to get in the car and drive those four hours home and convince yourself like it's going pretty well. <laughs> like otherwise you're just like you're not going to do it again like you'll just crumble and you have to be a bit delusional to some extent to to be able to believe a that you're any good and b that you can do it and survive doing that like th there is some intrinsic implied delusion that has to happen and, and the movies you don't see are about like the 99.9 percent .9 of people who don't who aren't uh jonathan larson you know mm -hmm. uh well i mean and even he never was able to actually see the fruits of his labor yeah, they so, said that at the end. I think, so Rent came out after Tick, Tick, Boom. I didn't actually write this down. I don't know the timeline off the top of my head. Maybe I'll look. But but yes, yeah, you should did. say, which for people that don't know, you should definitely say. Oh, that. yeah. No, it did. But uh, he actually passed away the night before or the night. Yeah, I think the night before the first ever actual public production of Rent. Yeah. Uh, and it went on to be on Broadway and for like 12 years and kind of redefine musicals as we know them. And so it is kind of a a sad story in its own way because he never actually got to be the success that he always believed that he was. Yeah. So, so Ren came out in 96 and, and tick, tick, boom, the musical, this is based on, uh, came out in 91 actually. So he, he was around for that. I assume, I don't know why I'm assuming he was in it, but maybe he was, maybe he wasn't, I'm not sure. Well, I think some of the, the videos and stuff from the, uh, the end credits of tick, tick, boom, the mm -hmm. movie we just mm -hmm. watched included some footage of him performing tick, tick, boom. So. Was, was that actually him or was that Andrew Garfield? No, that was him at the end. Okay, cool. Like at the um, very end, there was some some film of him. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, the other incorporation of some real life stuff. There, there's a there's a portrayal of Stephen Sondheim, who also recently passed away, uh, played here by Bradley Whitford of all people. And most of the time, anytime you're hearing that voice from his mouth, it is actually Bradley Whitford. Um, but there is a voicemail that was that in the movie that was famously left for uh, for him. And it was actually the voicemail that they use. In the oh, movie wow. Of Stephen. No I, I was listening. I was like, that voice sounds different than Bradley Whitford. Uh, and then sure enough, I wow. was looking in the credits on, uh, I think it was on Wikipedia, but it was like, yep, it was the voice of Stephen Sondheim, which I thought was nice. Oh, that's wild. That's like kind of goosebumpy. Yeah. The, this idea hmm. of, 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 you know, legacy and, and art and what an art legacy means. And like Stephen Sondheim died by the way, like last month, like not a year ago or something. He died. No, he very recently. Like November, yeah. I mean, November 26th, he passed away. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it just, it, I mean, this movie deals with death a lot, obviously. And, and the idea that, you know, you've got all this circling and still somehow you convince yourself that like what I'm doing as an artist is somehow more important than, uh, you know, visiting my dying friend in the hospital. And that's not exactly how it's framed. That is kind of the idea. And I think that's a really... Uh, troubling but interesting debate to have with oneself or with anybody really like what is important in life obviously people and I think you can pretty safely rule out any sort of uh, fancy cars or big houses I don't think any of that much matters I don't think the movie's necessarily asking that question but more so the the interconnectedness of of people and love and art and how all that sort of ties together and inspires people and you know that kind of thing absolutely this was a, a thought-provoking it was honestly very inspiring to me. I mean, I haven't been in the best place or headspace for the last month or so. Yeah. And 
it was really an inspiring movie. It definitely, you know, was encouraging in some ways. And I just, I really enjoyed it. It was a, a nice, nice movie. And I'm probably going to watch it again very soon. Cool. Yeah. Again, Tick, Tick, Boom is on Boom. Tick, Tick, Boom is on Netflix and probably in some theaters. We're going to put it to bed for now and get into beer number two, which is called Ectogasm. 7%. It is, I'm sticking with this, by the way, New England IPA, 65 IBUs. Here's what they said on the website. Ever had an encounter with an ethereal being along a wavelength and a frequency unknown to this dimension that can only be described as an ectogasm? Asking for a friend. Ectogasm is a juicy, hazy, New England-style IPA that's brewed with a heap of oats for a pillowy, soft mouthfeel and an insane amount of citra and mosaic hops that make the tropical fruit aroma jump out of the glass. Mine is in the glass. Oh, look at that. It jumped out. They're not wrong. It's so aromatic. Have you poured yours? Yeah, I can smell it so much. Uh, citra, mosaic, I'm on, I'm on board. So far, I haven't mm-hmm. tried it yet, but I have poured it. I'm looking at it. It's definitely also by... I don't know. Why did you think this wasn't a hazy IPA? Because it doesn't say... I've, I thought I had grabbed another smoothie thing. You fucked up. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. But that was good, though. I'm like, we need to do one that's like reasonably in the universe of what I'd like to drink. Do you want to describe the can? It looks like somebody you'd want to hang out with. Yeah. You got like this goblin-type creature with a pentagram on his forehead, uh, you know, levitating two skulls in ectoplasm. Sure. Which is um, what Slimer was made out of in oh, nice. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yeah. Uh, it's really cool. It's just bright, vivid greens and yellows with like a red like fire burst with like this cool pink outline. Like one of the sexiest cans I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Okay. I, I agree. They're, their packaging is so on point. Like it is just radical. I really like their their packaging. Um, I do want to make one correction, and I almost said it on the first beer, which was to say that there's mm. also a pentagram there. Um, mm. But that's not what that is, my friend. As most of us know in Norse mythology, that's what's called the uh, the the Midgard serpent or the world serpent or the sea serpent, anything like that. And it's it's very heavily rooted in Norse mythology. Um, I wish I could speak this. There's a word here that I'm not even going to attempt, but I will say it's spelled J-O with the two dots, R-M-U-N-G-A-N-D-R. Jormander. Maybe, yeah. Um, So I was trying to figure out why there was a pentagram in this. If you guys look on their website, it's very much uh, a Viking-oriented thing. I think they said in one of the beer descriptions or or maybe on their website, uh, Valhalla can wait. And so that's what that is. I didn't do a great job, but it's not a pentagram. So we got something right, maybe. On this beer or the first one? Actually, both. If you look on, if you saw the chonk can in front of you? Mm, no, it's in the fridge. I'm saving mm-hmm. it. There's a smart, uh, in the O in chonk, there's a yellow um, serpent. Oh, okay. I'll have to look at that. Yeah. Um, okay. So that established. Have you tried ectogasm yet? I have. Thoughts? It is so much more bitter than it looks like it should be. Oh yeah. And especially going off of, you know, having that one that we just did, like I was scared how sweet an IPA from them was going to be, but wow, they really reined it in because they're, I don't think it's because I just had that one either. Cause I've had time. I've had some water. Yeah, yeah. Um, this beer is definitely not sickly overly sweet. I would say it's not incredibly sweet at all there's a tremendous amount of hot presence in this and it's got a nice mouthfeel from the oats i'm imagining and just the brewing Mm -hmm. style in general and it gorgeous color it's like a bright hazy yellow it is like neon like lime juice yellow it's 
you know, a lot of hazy beers, you get them and they just kind of look like a sad, rotten orange. It just kind of <laughs> bums you out. Yeah, totally. Like, you know what orange looks after it's been on the ground for a few days? They nope, kind of look I like ever. you just mush that up and put it in a glass. But, man, this one could be like a lemon head. It's so yellow. I really like the color on this. I'm having trouble with the counterpoint that the intense bitterness gives the soft mouthfeel. No, I didn't say it. No, it is bitter, and it has a soft mouthfeel just because of the style and the the oats they used. I'm just talking like about. It, I'm just talking about my feelings now. Oh, okay. No, I, it, it tastes bitter, but it's got like a soft drinking. Like it's it's nice and texturally. It's it's not thin. It's got a nice thickness viscosity to it, um, and it's coupled very interestingly with that super bitter. Is are you not getting the soft? No, I am. I do, I don't like that with the flavors I'm getting. I oh, really? Think, I think I really don't like this beer. Um, really? Cause I, cause, yeah, because I'm getting sort of, and it depends on my mood, obviously. But I think is a pretty safe blanket statement. I would say that in general, as far as mouthfeel and, and body goes, a West Coast beer is a West Coast IPA is easier easier for me to drink than a New England IPA. But mm-hmm. the trade off is that so often I prefer sort of that soft sweetness of a New England to the sharp, pointy hoppiness of a West Coast. And what I'm getting here is all of the <laughs> heft and, and and heaviness of a New England IPA and none of the flavor and all the flavor and the sharpness of a West Coast all in one glass. It's like everything I don't like about both styles into one. So it's got everything I like in both styles. Which is what I was going to say. I bet you are really digging this. Yeah. No, this is a, a prime example of um, – a hazy New England IPA that I would I would get behind. This is killer. I love this. This reminds me of it's not as good, but like some of the like the treehouse stuff that mm-hmm. I've had that's just super hop forward, but also has that body and that yeah that drinking feel. I love that when a hazy IPA or a New England IPA can just be really punchy and hoppy and not too sweet, but still have that body. It's like it's like you you took an IPA and just. Mixed it with vanilla ice cream without sweetness. I don't know. It's 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 a unique thing, and I I dig it. I can totally see how you wouldn't. Yeah. Because with this texture, you're anticipating, and the smell. Yes. Your mouth is, and your brain are like, okay, this is going to be sweet, maybe a little pithy at the end, but this is going to have a nice, like, orange juicy, mouth-watering type thing happening. And this is so hoppy and, like, aggressive with the, the bitterness up front that – it does contrast that mouthfeel in a very dramatic way. Yeah, I think that's pretty well said. This is this is one of my least favorite beers in the past probably six months. No shit. Yeah, and I, it's really a bummer. It's not a bummer, I guess. I like a, a wide smattering of variety, and I, I really love the first one, but uh, no thank you. I've taken two <laughs> sips to be a professional, and I will, I will not be taking a third. I, I mean, wow, no disrespect. Probably, I, just, it's, I, don't, I don't like it. I think I'm going to drink this whole can. I think you should out of spite, if nothing else. I'm going to post a video of me just chugging it. Perfect. And be like, fuck you, Max. Before you do, would you please give me a rating for Ectogasm out of 10? Yeah, this is like an 8.6. It's very high, man. That's a pretty good this rating. Is, um, this is a West Coast IPA drinker's New England IPA. Well I mean, said. that's the bottom line. So if that sounds good to you like it does to me, get your hands on it. Uh, if you're in Max's camp, maybe just try the first beer. Either way, these yeah. have both been beers from Drecker. 
out of North Dakota, available locally here at a Spikes Bottle Shop. They also had like three more. There was different oh, cool. fruited sours and like a double hazy. So uh, check this brewery out. I don't think you should sleep on them. Uh, everything we've had from them, I feel like they did pretty well. So Drecker Brewing, check them out. How much How much, uh, How much? much were these now that we're allowed to talk about this sort of thing? Oh, they were not cheap. They were yeah. like eight bucks a can. Holy cow. Were they really? Yeah. We're balling. Um, yeah, then I would definitely say skip this second one, uh, which, by the way, I'm giving a three out of ten. Maybe like seven. Yeah, it was like 28 out the door for all of them with tax. That's expensive. Yeah. That's, I mean, it is. Yeah, it's expensive. I, th- I think the first one was super fucking worth it because for of sure. like the novelty and the uniqueness yep. of yep. that. Uh, this one, I would buy it just because it's a hazy I like, but I don't necessarily need a hazy I like in my life all the time. Yeah. Uh, I, I, here's one in case I do. Fair so, enough. There's that. All right. Uh, again, 8.6 for you, dude. Three for me. That's Ectogasm from Drecker. Let us know if you get a chance to try them. They are at Spikes. I'm guessing they're probably around town at other places. So please reach out. Um, I love when we have this big of a gap in between our ratings. I'd love to see who sides with who. So try it, you know? Uh, and let us yeah, know. it's always fun when we disagree. You got me to like the musical, though. So yeah, I'll we take, had to I'll disagree take on get. something. Uh, you ready for Hot <laughs> Bothered? Uh, sure, man. I got nothing written down. So let's, let's do this. Welcome to Hot and Bothered. It's the part of the show where Johnny has nothing written down and the points don't matter. It's close. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I got I got a couple surface level things that I would love to shout out real quick. Um. I am currently on the day of this recording. I'm on day one, two, three, four, five, six in a row of shows. Um. I have tomorrow off, and then I have two shows on Friday and two on Saturday. So it's been yes. a long week. But I am pleased to say that my voice sounds the way that it does right now, which I don't think you've called me out on sounding froggy or anything today. No, you sound great. Yeah, sounds okay. So that's really uh, heartening. I had a tough day Monday morning because my voice got pretty trashed on Sunday night. I'm in Mm. Reno and and that air always just, it always gets me the first night. I can't help it. Um, But steam room, lots of water and uh, vocal exercises have saved my life and made me very enthusiastic about things like buying a tandem bicycle, which I did on a whim. What? Yeah, I've been toying with the idea of getting one for a while, and nobody has them in Chico, apparently, but I was driving to Reno, and I thought my first night here, I was looking on Facebook Marketplace, looking for tandem bikes, and one person was selling one for pretty cheap, and I was like, yo, yo, what up? Let me get two sets of my feet on that thing, and I can bike it around, and he was like, perfect. We negotiated a bit, and now it is in the back of my van taking up literally the entire space. Oh, my God. So prepare to see me. Maybe I'll put a picture of that up on my Instagram. And so I'll have my, my minivan, my moped, and my tandem bike. They see me rolling. Start my own damn gang. That's it, man. That's ridiculous. So now is the plan for Gianna to ride on the back of that? Gianna Are you try won't ride a bike get- with me to save her life, I don't think. Though that is like that sort of, yeah, the idea. Like she doesn't like riding bikes on her own, but I'm like, what if I can pitch it to her? Is like you just ha- you can you don't even have to pedal. You could put your legs up and I could cart us around. Yeah, you but, get but we'll such see. a workout too. Yeah, what are you trying to say about you'd my wife, a, sir? You'd be, I mean, just like <laughs> imagine going up a hill. I mean, even if she oh, only weighs yeah. 80 pounds, it's, it's only, an 80 pound only 82 pounds. It's a, it's a five speed as well. So it's, it's, it's like a cruiser style thing too. I think it's a Schwinn and it's got these That's big dope. sort of U-shaped handlebars. Like they've got to be slightly, I'm six two ish and they are wide enough that it's just uh, beyond sort of shoulder width apart. So like I'm they're they're out there and it's like this big sort of cruiser and it's got five speeds. I can't remember if I said that, but uh, yep. it's not meant for climbing hills, which is great because we live in Chico. 
Yeah. Well, uh, we'll have to ride your bicycle sometime. I think you, yeah, you and I should probably go and go to the handlebar or something and grab a drink with that. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. No, let's just go to like the commons. Or <laughs> yeah. That's much closer. Okay. Good call. <laughs> yeah, uh, what about you, man? What's, uh, what's got you hot and bothered this week? Oh man. Let's, this last weekend was so busy. I had, uh, we had Christmas parties. So mm. when you're in the corporate world, like, like me and Shalina are, you have to go to, to office things. So we had a, a ribbon cutting at a new surgery center where she works on Friday, got to schmooze with some doctors, check out a new, some operating rooms and stuff like that. Yeah. Felt totally out of place. That sure, was fun. Sure. Uh, but they had free beer and I drank like a bunch of trumers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we Wait, went they had to- trumer at this event? Yeah. That's classy. That's a cool move. So, hell yeah. I'll take that. No, I don't want that pale ale. Give me yeah. that trumer pills. Yeah. And then we actually saw you that night. Uh, would this have been, was that Saturday? Friday? That was Friday. So you were Commons, playing yeah, at yeah. the Commons with uh, Ethan, Robert, and Serena. Yeah. That was fun night. It was Ethan, right? Yeah. Cool. I was trying to remember his name. Nice guy. Ethan on bass. Um, great guy. So yeah, we went right from that party to there and then stayed and, and imbibed and had a blast. And mm-hmm. then- Woke up, recovered Saturday, went right to my company Christmas party where we rented out like six lanes at the bowling alley and had open bar for like three hours Mm. and had like catered food and whatnot. So we had a blast this weekend uh, just doing Christmas parties. It was nice to kind of unwind, cut loose a little, and then uh, just had a lazy day Sunday. Caught up on like the Wheel of Time and some of the shows we're watching and uh, took it easy. So not a lot to report from me on on the life front. It's been... uh, you know, like be- better months, worse months, but uh, we're getting through it. It's the holidays. What are you going to do? Uh, fight depression, self-medicate, and uh, enjoy your friends. That's that's the real lesson here, right? As usual, this show wouldn't be what it is without the support of Bailey Minardi, all of our friendly, generous people on Patreon. We love the support from the handlebar. And I think, you know, we, 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 had, a, we, had, a, we had a schedule this week, man. Uh, and mm-hmm. we did it. We've done it. We've stuck to the timeline. I have to go to work now. Um, yep. but we did it. I, I, this was nice. It was great chatting with you as always. That's Johnny Summers, everybody. It was good catching up. That's Max Minardi. He's got to go play music and make people happy. Remember, drink whatever beer makes you happy. Watch this movie, Tick, Tick, Boom, because it was awesome. But most importantly, always, always, always be good to each other. We love you. We'll see you next week. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.